Today I'm going to discuss mortgage interest. And although that this is very often the largest deduction on a taxpayer's return, there are a few rules that are not common knowledge. And this lack of knowledge can hurt those who are unexpectedly going to receive less of a deduction than they expect when they go to file their return in April. Welcome to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is Jeff Skolnick and I am a CPA with 35 years of experience working with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and network marketers on how to make their business more successful by understanding how taxes can work in their favor and not hurt their business. Each and every week I'm going to come to you with short, quick, and helpful tips on not only how to make sure you are doing everything possible to minimize your income tax liability, but also how to create the income for your business that you truly deserve. At a time when interest rates are at a very low rate, and many people contemplate whether or not to refinance to either take advantage of the low rates or to pull out some equity from their home, I thought it was a good time to point out some of the traps of the mortgage interest deduction. First of all, I want to start with what is deductible home mortgage interest? And I'm going to concentrate mostly on home home mortgage interest. Home mortgage interest can be divided basically into two categories. The first is acquisition debt and the second is home equity loans. So the first rule to keep in mind is that for any acquisition or equity debt to be deductible, it must be secured by your main or second home. So this rule, it's not normally a big deal if you're obtaining a loan through a bank because they're going to record the mortgage anywhere. But however, it can be important if the borrowing is from a non-traditional source, such as a friend or a relative. So if the borrowing is done between friends or relatives, uh, which is sometimes done because the, um, the person loaning the money may get a little bit higher interest rate than they can receive elsewhere, and the person purchasing the home may be able to get a little bit of a lower rate than they would normally be able to get. So it may work for both people, um, but you have to remember the very important thing to, to, to realize here is that you have to record the loan for, and it has to be secured by either the main or second home in order for it to be considered deductible mortgage interest. Now, acquisition debt is defined as loans used to buy construct or improve first or second homes. Now, taxpayers are allowed to have $750,000 in face value on loans in acquisition debt between their main and second homes. $375,000 if individuals are married filing separately. Now, if a taxpayer has loans exceeding $750,000 in principal, then a portion of the interest is non-deductible. Now, these figures came into play after 2017. Prior to 2018, this $750,000 number was 1 million, again, 500,000 for those married filing separately. However, if you had a loan that met the $1 million threshold before 2018, you were still able to deduct the interest after 2017. So in other words, let's say um, at, at, in 2017, you had mortgage. Uh, you had a mortgage balance between your two homes of $900,000. Obviously, as you go into 2018, that exceeds $750,000. 
But because you had met the rules of the $1 million that was in place before 2018, you are grandfathered in and you're allowed to deduct the interest on that loan uh, for the duration of that loan. Um, However, after 2017, home equity loans are no longer deductible unless the money was used to buy, construct, or improve a first or second home. So for years and years, many of us took out home equity loans to do all types of things, to pay for a car, to pay for a vacation, to pay down credit card debt. And they were always deductible uh, as long as it was under $100,000. Those rules, and it's very important, they have changed as the beginning of 2018 and home equity debt is no longer deductible. There's no grandfathering in or anything else. If it was, if it's home equity debt and you go into 2018, it automatically becomes non-deductible. All right. So again, these loans were not grandfathered. Now, refinancing, and I always say, I say refinancing, what's the worry? Uh, and I've briefly, out, briefly outlined so far the basic rules of the mortgage interest deduction, but I want to explain how refinancing can and does cause unexpected issues when there's no planning. So a common example of how an individual would run into an interest deduction issue is the following. Let's say taxpayers purchase a home for $300,000. They put down $60,000 and they finance $240,000. Clearly, the $240,000 is home acquisition debt and fully deductible. Now, 10 years down the road, the house is now worth $425,000. And the original loan is now down to $200,000. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple of traps. The first trap I'll discuss is the taxpayer's taking out, just taking out a flat out home equity loan of $150,000. Based on the rules that I outlined before, none of this interest will be deductible because it's a home equity loan. Again, unless the loan was used to um, complete uh, improvements on the house. But if they weren't, then it's not deductible. All right, so in other words, if the proceeds were used, uh, for example, because you decided to build an addition to the home, then those proceeds that um, were related to the improvements, the interest would be deductible if anything was taken out for anything extra. Let's say you took out $150,000 and you used $125,000 to improve the house and $25,000 to go on vacation, you would have to do an allocation, a percentage, and um, $25,000 over $150,000, you'd have to take that percentage, so basically one-sixth of the interest expense would not be deductible. But let me give you a second example that people don't realize, um, and this occurs just as often. Again, a second tax example would be that the taxpayers, again, they purchased the home for 300,000, they put down 60, borrowed 240, and now 10 years later, when the mortgage balance is down to 200 and the house is worth 425, the taxpayers refinance the entire debt with a new mortgage of $350,000. Again, in this instance, only the first $200,000 of this is considered to be mortgage acquisition debt because again, this is paying off the original mortgage. So the additional 150 that you have taken out is really treated the exact same as if you just went and got a home equity loan. So again, this is considered home equity interest. Again, not deductible unless, and I know I'm repeating myself often, but this point is very important, if those proceeds were used 
to improve a house, that would be considered acquisition debt and the interest would be deductible. Okay, and one other thing to keep in mind when you're talking about refinance loan is that points paid are generally not deductible in the year paid and they must be amortized over the life of the loan. So while you buy an original home, uh, that the original acquisition, you take the points and pretty much take those right up front. If you refinance down the road and take out a 15-year loan, the points that you pay for that loan will now have to be uh, deducted rateably over the 15 years. Now, I do want to mention business interest because if you use, um, if you purchase a property such as, let's say, a rental property, and the money that you uh, take out again, let's say you buy a $300,000 rental property, same as the numbers I gave before, you put down $60,000, you borrow $240,000, that is going to be considered interest expense because you're going to do that in a completely different way. This is not going to go on your Schedule A itemized deduction. This is going to go under your rental property. If it's an individual return, it's going to go on Schedule E, uh, which isn't the schedule's not that important to you, but I just want you to realize how it works. And you're going to have rental income, you're going to have various expenses, and this would be considered a business expense. So again, so if you're borrowing the money because you have a rental property, that's a little bit different. It's actually a lot different than home mortgage interest. So I'm trying to make that distinction. Um, and then one last area of interest that I wanted to cover is investment interest. Investment interest is interest charged on monies borrowed to purchase investment property. This includes margin interest and some examples of investment property could be stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Now investment interest is deductible up to the amount of interest of investment income and any unused investment interest is carried over against future investment income. So to give you an example, Let's say you borrowed $100,000 and you, and you put all of that money into securities, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, and the interest expense on that $100,000, let's just say it was $5,000, and let's say the investment income, interest, dividends, etc., was $3,000. You would be able to deduct the interest expense up to the amount of the investment income. So again, our interest expense was $5,000. Our investment income was $3,000. You would be able to deduct $3,000 of that $5,000. The additional $2,000 would carry forward to a future year. So let's say next year, maybe you pay the loan off and had no interest expense. So you saw the $2,000 sitting there. And let's say you have another $3,000 of investment income. You would be able to deduct that whole amount. So I just wanted to make a distinction and uh, I want to conclude by saying that although, like I said, this could be the biggest deduction on many taxpayers' returns, the home mortgage interest, investment interest, um, all the components of, of interest expense are a lot more complicated than most people think. So you always want to make sure that you check with your tax professional before making any decisions because what you don't want to wind up happening is planning in your mind that in April I'm going to get this big deduction on interest because of you know whatever your reasoning is and then you find out when you go to prepare your return that you're limited based on one of these rules I've mentioned so be very careful interest expense again it's a very large deduction for many people it's a very important thing to take a look at but beware of certain traps that are out there
Thanks again for listening to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. If you could please head over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and write a review. Also, please connect with me on social media. If there are any tax or accounting-related topics you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. If you are that small business owner or entrepreneur that really wants to learn more about how to minimize your tax liability and maximize your income, just head over to www.jeffcpaworld.com and I'll see you over there. Have a great day.